Okay, welcome to welcome to Sunday Night Navi. Sunday Night Navi is a ongoing presentation of the Wise Entertainment Network. Six thirteen on your dial comes to each Sunday night at this time. Sunday Night Navi is. Mm-mm. A prophetic vision in the 21st century, the message of the Vim Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shmuel, the series will focus on how Shmuel and Novi, the author of the Book of Shmuel, sent us many messages for our time. The share is dedicated to Zechon Nishmas, Rabbi Rachmiel ben Aramir. Um, I also want to point out that all the learning in our shul this week is Lezechon uh, is is sponsored by the Feinberg family, Lezechon Nishmas, Dvora Hinda Bas, Bas, hold on. Yeah, right. The Bas Aaron Cohen and 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 by the by the Posner family, Zechanishmas Kabul Ram Ben Zev. Um, um, those on the shul uh, and uh, just anybody could do it. Um, uh, we are we are we are we are looking to start that when people have your site, uh, or have uh, other special occasions that they should uh, have the opportunity to sponsor the week of learning. Uh, and all the learning will be dedicated uh, in in the in the name of the Zechon Nishmas, um, yeah, about twenty five a day and and a hundred dollars for the week. So uh, if anybody's interested in doing that going forward, if you have a person as yard type or a grandparent even, uh, or or there's a special occasion, uh, please let us know. And and every night every night in, at Dafyomi um, and between Minchamarev and 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 we have the Novi Shir or any other Shir nightly halacha, um, we will mention uh, the names and. And and Ooh. show the proper respect to them. So please let me know if anybody's interested um, and pass out the word that that's something that we're doing. I will be there to send an email to the shul about this. Okay. Um, a we saw something uh, a, a really a, a a great character trait last week of David Mellon. the fact that that he was willing to bring bring the son of Mephibosheth. Uh, I think it was the son, right? To to his table, um, that whatever 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 um, remnant of the family of Shoal, um, David not only did not see it was Mephibosheth but Yonatan. Um, it, it it was not it was not not only did David not see it as a threat, but David felt that that because he made an agreement with Yonatan that he owed that that he owed um, uh, Yonatan. Uh, who was obviously not alive anymore, but that he owed him to to carry out his promise that he made to him, and 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 he honored it by by finding his son and, and having his son come to the uh come to the to his table and eventually ate by his table for for the, for the duration of his kingdom. So uh, again, this is uh, another one of these qualities that, that uh, a shows the humility of David Amela that 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 a a he didn't say well I became king I don't, I don't I'm not responsible for anything that happened before that. Secondly, um, his understanding of halacha uh, that you make a shvua you got to got to keep it. Um, and the third thing is is the is the level of chesed that David uh, had uh, ex- expressed by inviting by inviting him to to his t- table. And last pasuk said. Of Perak Tessas, Mephibosheth, Yoshev, Yerushalayim, Yal Shulchan Amelach, Tamidhu. That Mephibosheth um, uh, lived in, was brought, he actually um, set up home in Yerushalayim, 
which is not so uh, so out. Uh, not the word outrageous. Not the right word. Uh, it's not so crazy because we know that we know that Yehud that Yerushalayim was divided between Yehuda and Binyamin. Machlokas in the Gemara whether Yerushalayim is is what they called in the forty eight internationalized city, meaning not literally internationalized, meaning it belongs to all the Shvatim, or 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 it was given to Yehuda and Binyamin. So it's a, so it's a, it's a Gemara. There's one Gemara that says there's a line went through the area of the base of Migdash. One side was Binyamin, which was the Kodesh Kodashim. The other side was Yehuda. Okay, but that's generally the accepted uh, idea. But so so Mephibosheth, so a, a descendant of Binyamin, Shal was a descendant of Binyamin. Living in Yerushalayim is not so crazy because it, it was it was really in their in their in their domain. So you know you know, but but the idea was he came and he settled in Yerushalayim, and because because he knew he had the. Uh, because he had that special opportunity um, to to be at David Amelech's table. Um, since Biffy Boshet was lame and had limited mobility, the only way he could accept David's offer was to live in Yerushalayim. Therefore, Ziba, whose children and personal servants were property of Biffy Boshet, were in the service of, 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 of Micha. Biyaka adds that, that if Micha had been older, he would have taken over supervision of the slaves. But since he was still a child... Mephibosheth was the master, not only legally, but also in the sense that he had to exercise his authority over them. Presumably, he would have add, he would have to add to hire someone to exercise this function and also to show that they managed his properties honestly and efficiently. Right, because he was candy captain and he wasn't able to, to, to do things properly. Okay. Okay, so that's, uh, uh, that's the story. Now, so on to uh, another story. Vayihi, Parakut. It's uh, the last word on page 258 if you're in the art scroll, or it's small base Parakut. Vayihi Acharechen. And after this whole uh, story, Vayihi Acharechen usually means a passage of time. It usually means that, that you know, you know time, time has passed. Vayamas Melech Amon says that the king of Amon died. Okay. Um, and he was replaced by his son Hanun. So we'll have to see why that's important. Um, now, Vayome David, im Hanun ben Nachash. David said, "I shall do an act of kindness with Hanun ben Nachash, kasher asa aviv imadi chesed, as his father acted in kindness to me." David sent messengers to be Menachem so to speak, um, to, to comfort him. And the and the, the and it says that the servants of David came to Eretz Amon. So what's going on here? So what is this chesed that that's going on here? So we'll start with the Mesudat David. Amr Rabba Seinuzal, so Medrash in Pamid Barabba. Shachesed aya shehichi es achiv asher beirachi la meis melech moab. Kishehimis es aviv uveis uveito acha sholicha malav minamras adulam. Right, so there's a story that David moved his family to Amon, right? Um, 
it says it says the Midrash relates how that after the king of Moab murdered David's family, Nachash protected the only surviving brother, Elihu. Perhaps Nachash did so because David was a fugitive from King Shaul, who had fought a successful war against Ammon. So so that's what happened. So so he protected. So when when the king of Moab just uh, killed out David's family, um, and, and Rashi says as well, David Right, it says that David came to Moab and and he placed his family there and they killed him. Except for one, um, and this is also quoted in the Medrash Tanhuma, um, that that this this is what happened. So David felt a sense of again again that this the Novi is describing the um, you know the the sensitivity that David had that that Amon was not the the, the favorite uh, ally of the Jewish people, but because he 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 somehow. Did something to um, to help him, um, you know. He protected his brother, so he felt like that. That you know, especially and what's what's real, what's really interesting, and, and this is a lot of times when greatness happens. The king, uh, the king Kanun is down now. His father died. I'm sure that there was, uh, you know, uh, you know, very very sad. There was, he was surrounded by sadness. And so imagine, you know, imagine anybody who's sad, and they get a they get a message that somebody wants to do so, uh, uh, something something kind for you. So, you know, it changes how you feel. Like at least for a moment, you say like, "Wow, somebody somebody's thinking of me." So and, and so, I think it's like a magical moment as well that that David sees the opportunity. Uh, um, to help out, you know. Vayomrusa rei b'nei Amon el Chanun Adonai. The 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 servant now, <laughs> of course. Sometimes, 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 you know, you know the old expression: not uh, all no good deed goes unpunished. Right now, so it says, "Vayamru sarei b'nei Amon el Chanun Adonai." The 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 ministers of the children of Amnon said to the master Chanun, "Hamechabed David es avicha be'necha." Do you think that David has sent consolers to you to honor your father? Kishalach lecha menachamim halo b'avur chakur es ha'ir uleraglo ulehafcha. He said, "Why do you think?" He said, "He said, he said, they said, are you dumb?" He said, "You think David sent his people here to, to comfort you, to to be nice to you? No, 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 no. He sent them here to spy on you, to see, uh, uh, to see, to see, uh, um, where he could attack the city. What are the weaknesses of the city? How can you?" How can he overthrow, overflow the city? It, it, it it's just it, it, it's just amazing how, how how like like things in life so get distorted. Um, uh, you know, Moshe and I were talking about the speech of the woman in CUNY. You know, if you listen to her speech, I, I think everyone should listen to it. 
the lie she tells is just it's so blatant. Like like Israeli shooting at Arab children. There was there, there was a there was a story during this recent missile attack where 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 the air force flew over and were about to drop a bomb and they saw Palestinian children and they and and they held they they didn't drop the bomb they they stopped like like the distortions of people and and how you could turn turn and twist things it's really scary and here do, here David is out to do a kind act. Like he felt the connection, he felt uh, he felt uh, you know they protected his brother and 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 now now the father died. You know let, let me let me send uh, you know let me send a fruit platter you know uh, uh, to him as a sign of uh, and and what if, what do his servants do? They completely twist it and they say, "Is there something wrong with you? Like like he's here to you know to spy us out." It's amazing. It's, it's, to me, it's amazing. The chisa, in the words of the Mesudat of it, the chisa vora tosh, dovin mechabedes avicha benecha, al kishalach lecham enachamim. Do you really think the David is here to honor your father that he sent you people to to comfort you? Hello? He's here to to, to be spot, to spy out the land. Vaikachan, it's a famous story, by the way. So Hanun took the servants of David, and and he cut off, he shaved off half of their beards, uh, and cut their garments in half, uh, um, basically to the to their backside, um, and and he sent them back. So basically. So basically, he took these people that came to him on a on a on a, a, a benevolent mission, and he completely humiliated them. Right. So, I don't need to tell you <laughs> that David David was not one that was going to take this lightly. David, so, 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 the word came, came, came to David, um, and 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 he saw that they were deeply humiliated. He told them to stay, you know, find a place to live for a while till your, uh, you know, till the beard grows back. Right, it's a couple of days, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I know for me, I grow quick. Like, but, but after a week of uh, of Sphira, I'm, uh, I have like a full beard. <laughs> and so this year, you know, it was uh, Shabbos, which was Scottish, so we shaved on Friday. I don't know, but but the time log moment rolled around, I was completely full again. So, you know, it takes, some people, it takes, it takes a few days. But David said, you know, don't come back. Like, 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 you know, find a place, find a place and, and, you know, let, let, let you, let your hair grow back, you know, change your clothes and, 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 and let your hair grow back. You know, because you know, so you shouldn't feel you sh- you shouldn't feel um, um, in- embarrassed. Right now, interesting question the Red Doc asks: Why didn't he tell them just to shave off the other half? Like, why do you have to wait till it grows back? Why didn't he just say just to shave the rest of it? That's the Red Doc's question. Interesting question. Says the Radam. He didn't ask them to shave off the other beard. Half. 
כי לא היה מן הגם לגלח הזקן ואפילו במספריים, אלא השפם לבד. אלא אם כן משום צער ואבל, כמו שאמרו, it says that the custom was not to shave. People had, had beards, uh, and it wasn't uh, only they only they would shave like around their mouth if they, with a scissor, uh, if uh, you know if it was uncomfortable. But basically, basically, it says that uh, the minig was not to uh, well, was not was not to cut, cut off their beards. So that's why I didn't tell them to do that. Uh, interesting, interesting idea. Okay. The children of Mama realized that they had become, um, how do we say this, disgusted by David, repugnant. And, and so the children of Ammon sent and they hired um as Aram base Rehov, Aram of base Rehov, Bes Aram Sova, Esrim Elif Ragli, Bes Melech Maacha Elif Ish, the Ishto Shemasa Elif Ish. So they hired basically a mercenary army. They had they 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 hired um twelve thousand footmen uh from Maacha, twelve thousand men from Ishto, and and so basically Basically, a, a significant army, but basically, it was an army of mercenaries. It wasn't even their own army, so they hired an army and they were ready to, uh, I guess, go at it with David. So unclearly, if it was a defensive method or it was a, or it was an offensive method. So I have it now. Well, yeah. So it says. So David heard him, and David sent his army, led by Yoav, and all the mighty men uh, of the army. Right? He sent these strong people or, or the or the main people. Meaning meaning he wasn't he was David was prepared to fight back. Uh, that, that's what was gonna happen. Vayetzu b'nei Amon says that the children of Amon came out vayachu milchama pesach hashar and they waged war at the opening of the gateway vayaram sova urechov ishkav machal levadam basada. It says that they that they they were they waged war. So Aram is the biblical name of the present day Syria. The three Arams, Beisrechov, Zoba, Macha, were the Syrian kingdoms. It is not known where exactly Beisrechov was located. However, in the parallel Pasuk, in Direi Scripture calls the nation Aram Narai, Aram between the rivers, between the Euphrates and the Tigris. Macha and another Armenian king, whose exact location is unknown, uh, was a land somewhere near Galad. According to the Talmud Yushami, the land of Tob is Susista, a town just east of the of the Lake Kinneret, right? So, so it's a, a, a some area north of, of of Israel. Now, now it says the gateway of the main city, Rabbah Marnade Amman, knowing that they were too weak to engage the Israelites on the open battlefield, 
the Ammonites stayed within the range of their fortified city so they could safely retreat behind its walls. Uh, though the Ammonites stayed close to home, their mercenary allies were array, uh, arrayed far from Ammon by themselves, totally cut off from the Ammonite clients. They encamped outside of, of Mediba, some 15 miles from Rabbah. So you had, so you had this... Uh, you had this army of mercenaries who were ready to attack an established army, right? So, so I, I, I think that you know, it's not hard to imagine how this is going to go down. So David, but but David does not take it lightly. David goes and he and he and he, he sends Amon. So so they so now, so so Yoav sees. He saw that the battlefield faced him from the front, and from the rear, so uh, from the front and from the rear. So what did he do? So he selected from among all the cho the chosen ones of Israel and deployed them against. Against uh, Aram, so he wanted he wanted uh, them. He was gonna he, he was uh, gonna take them on in in a, in a in a good way. Just hold on, just hold on one second. Okay, just a little bit a little bit hot here. Okay. So uh, anyway, so he had a yeah. Yo, I've had a plan. Right? He wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna. You know, he he took they he took this vet very seriously, and he was going to, uh, you know, he was going to make sure that 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 this is done the right way. Um. Now, this yes, Now the other part of the army, Nasan biyad abshayachid. So Yoav had a brother named Abishai, uh, Abishai, and 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 he put him in charge of the other. They went towards Ammon. So basically, you had a two front war going on here, right? Sounds familiar, right? Now in the history of Israel, we've never had that, right? Egypt and Syria—that's never happened. It's called the Yom Kippur War. Um, the uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, Rabbi Wine, Rabbi Wine tells a great story how he says that a lot of a lot of the troops in the Six Day War in '67. Uh, fought in all three places. He says, because you know, in the early days they defeated Egypt, but by, by the second or third day of the war, Egypt surrendered. Um, called for a ceasefire, and so, so, so a lot of a lot of those a lot of those troops were moved up were moved up to to fight for Yushalayim, and then and then and then then when that when that war was over, a lot of those troops were were um, were, were sent up to to Syria to to fight in the Golan Heights. So so during the Six Day War, you had a lot of a lot of the same troops fighting the all the battles, but but here, um, but 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 obviously initially that doesn't happen. So here you have a two front war. So Yoav uh, takes his group one way and sends his brother the other way. Vayomer, and, and what and what does he say? Vayomer, he said, and here here it's an important comment. Because he, he takes nothing for granted. 
it, he says, if Aram will overpower me, and then you will be my salvation, meaning, meaning you will you will be the the counter attack uh, against a potential attack um, uh, against me. Right. So, so just to read you the note in the art scroll, Yoav's force was caught between the Ammonites and the mercenaries. The battlefield faced him from the front and from the rear. So he divided his troops into two forces. He took the better fighters, the chosen ones of Israel, and deployed them against Aram under his command, since the Armenians were a more formidable force. Avishai took command of the rest of the Israelite force and deployed them against the Ammonites, the weaker force. Both forces would go on the offensive, and if either needed reinforcement, the other would come to its end. That's what he's saying here. He's saying that 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 if if there would be problems and I get overpowered, so so then so then you should then, then the other army will come and, and they and they will they will you know help us out. Then you'll be my servant. And if Amon um will will you know will overpower you. So, in other words, in other words, what Yoav was saying is that it's not just that we're going to do a a a, a two a two prong uh, battle a, a, on two fronts. Is that the, each front is going to be looking out for the other front? Meaning, meaning, don't worry if if something goes wrong. There'll be re, just be aware that there's going to be reinforcements. Right? It's a, it's a very interesting military story. Uh, 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 you know. Beware that reinforcements are 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 coming. You know, in um in seventy three, uh, which really could have been a disaster. I mean, it was a little bit of a disaster, but 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 in the end, you know, when Nixon sent the uh, sent the the supplies to Israel, as soon as those supplies came, the whole war changed. <laughs> like once they were able to go back on the offensive, then 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 that you know that saved them. Uh, you know, you know, Kippur War was uh, was uh, you know over two thousand people died in the Kippur War, uh, as opposed to eight hundred in the in, in the in, in the sixty seven war. And uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, post uh, Yom Kippur. There was a lot of backlash against the against Golda Meir and Moshe Dayan and, and and all of that. But but it was clear that that the war changed when they got reinforcements. Once those reinforcements came, they were able to push back the Egyptians on on the Syria on the on the Egyptian front and the, and the Syrians on the uh, on the northern front and you know out back out of the Golan Heights you know and basically Yom Kippur ended in the stalemate the, the, the way I see it I mean the, I mean nobody won <laughs> because whatever was the, the day before the Yom Kippur war remained the same um, maybe a little less of a threat after the after the Syrian and Egyptian armies were were defeated but think about it so so here you see that that, that the acknowledgement that that a two front war can only be successful is if each army can rely on the other, and I, I think that's very important. Anyway, Chazak ben Iskadzek biad amenu. So actually a song, Chazak ben Iskadzek biad amenu. Right. Um, he said, "If he said, be strong, and let us both be strong for the sake of our people, oviad arei Eloheinu, and for the sake of the." Of the cities of the Rabboni Shalom, the Hashem This is obviously the most important puzzle. That where Yoav says it's only going to happen 
it, uh, the Rabboni Sha'olam wants this to happen. If I he says, we need to be strong and we need to feel courage, right? Elev Arecha, Elev Asusim, right? The the Goyishim armies come with the chariots and and with with, with horses. And we come with the mention of God's name on our mouth. So so now now that does not mean that we don't have an army. Of course, it doesn't mean that. Um, it means it means that as Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu is so so laid it out for us about reaction to to military crisis. Right, Esau was coming with with uh, a potential military attack. So what did Yaakov do? So he says he prepared, he split his camp. Um, so in case he attacks one, the others could escape. Yeah, he he prepares a gift. It was a lavish gift of many animals and different things. And, and then he dobbins. And it's almost exactly the pattern that we're seeing here. That first they've got the army together. First they talked about military strategy. They go, Listen, you know, if if um if you're in trouble, we're gonna come, and if we're in trouble, you're gonna come, and it's gonna, we're gonna make it all okay. But then the end, doesn't matter what we do, doesn't matter how we reinforce each other. It's all up to the bonus. Excuse me. And, and this is an essential message in this story. That that's how wars are for. We don't fight it. We don't think we 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 don't. If we don't see the Yad Hashem and everything, then you know that that's a tragedy. Right. So Musudat David says very beautifully. He says, he says, Ratzalomar in hischazkus lo noil. If all our military prowess doesn't work, Yase Hashem he says, let Hashem do what's good in his eyes and accept us with love. Meaning, protect us. Is that That's the side and part of the problem that, that 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 exists in this world is the lack of seeking out the Rabbani Shoilam. And now I'm talking about Jews and I'm talking about Goya. If if, if people would seek out the Rabbani Shoilam more, if people would recognize that there is a Rabbani that the that there's a Boreola who's looking down on us and is not, not necessarily happy with us because of some of the stuff that's going on, the whole world would change. Everything would change. All, all the issues with the, you know, the LG, the RS2, PQW, whatever letters you want to use, all this stuff. You know, the fact, the fact that, you know, 5% of the population has wants to change wants to change how we talk and how we act and how we and and, and how we behave is unacceptable it it's it, it's 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 fira against the boreola and i'm not saying we shouldn't feel bad for these people i'm not saying that and i'm not saying that they, they want to do whatever they want they can do whatever they want but i don't have to change because of that i know i know i read a pasuk uh, the, the week after some Torah. says zaharu in this world there were males and females created. And that's how the Rebbeinu Shalom created the world. And that's okay. And somebody wants to feel differently. And somebody wants to, good, keep it to yourself. Don't tell me that, that I have to change uh, my feelings towards towards my separations. Right? It, it, it's an absolute koifer by my separations to say there aren't men and men, women. 
It's an absolute fear of my separation. Okay, people don't want to believe, don't believe. I, I don't care. It's not my problem. But I don't have to change how I think. I don't have to change how I speak. And and, and the message that Novi is telling us is that it doesn't matter what army you have. It doesn't make a difference. You can have the strongest army in the world. If the Bodhi Shalom doesn't want you to win, forget it. On the flip side, you can have the weakest army. Look, look, go back to the story of Gidon with 300 men. Go back to, to where it goes so far back, 1948. It is not normal that that the, that the Israel army, the Tzahal or the whoever was fighting, won the war or or, or, or created a ceasefire that, that allowed them to be a state. It's not normal. The answer is, Spani Shalom said that this is how it has to be. You know, in 67, again, the most well-trained, the Russian, uh, the Russians, you know, super-trained, the Egyptian armies and, uh, you know, all that. Doesn't matter. Rabbi Sholem wanted that to, to, along the Mitla Pass to be pictures of all the burnt-out Egyptian uh, uh, military vehicles. And there was panic, and then and the, Israels, uh, and the Israelis surrounded the, the Third Army, and... and uh, is that what it comes down to? There's no other way. This world is about the Bodhi Oil. I, I always there's three cent. I always talk about three centers that we're supposed to have in our life. Obviously, the Rebbeinu Oilam, Torah, and Yerushalayim. Those are the three things that are supposed to be at the center of our thinking, right? Lo Ales Yerushalayim Arosim I'm going to a wedding tomorrow night, Mr. Shem. They'll say that for that phrase, or maybe somebody will sing it. If I'm if I'm gonna get married, go under the chuppah and not think about Yerushalayim. Tishkach Yemini, I forgot my right hand. So Yoav said to, to, to his army, he says, Yeah, we got it together. We we have a military plan. We we went into the uh, what do they call the 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 room that the army plans the battles. We went into the I call that command. Word. What? Command. The command, command center. Thing. Yeah, we command. got into the, the command center and we and the, you know we planned it. He says, but the one thing we didn't plan is 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 the rebellion show. What is the rebellion show? Oh, I'm going to. He says that's really our only hope. <laughs> he says, Kazak is Kazek biad amenu. You know, we we have to be strong and we have to get, care about. To, you know about our people, and we have to put up a, a a great a great front for our people. And we have to show, look, uh, look, going, we're going to defend, and we're going to take care of that. Hashem and we have to hope that that what he does is for the best. <laughs> Sorry to get a little political, but you know, but but it's true. Like I, I, I and I have. I, and I have great reverence for a lot of these people and the troubles that they're going through and, and their and their desire to be accepted in society. But you can't tell me how to think. Don't tell me to to, to be a koifer batora. I'm not going to be a koifer batora. And, and that's what Yoav was saying. He's saying, we could do everything we want. Ron Shalom doesn't want us. And this is the military leader. This is the head of the army. Well, because uh, right, if you ever seen uh, you know, Mo 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 Moshe and uh, Bernie's there, it's gonna be excited when I say this the movie Operation Thunderbolt, right? So, what so, so there's two great scenes, 
I mean, it's one part of the same scene, right? So you know, so so if you know uh, in Tevi, the mission took off on Shabbos, right? So this is a great scene. It, it, you know, they're standing by the plane, and you know all the political fallout. Should they go? Should they not go? Whatever, whole story. Anyway, so so this is a great scene in the movie. They're standing by the plane. They're ready to go. And what and what are the guys on the side doing? You hear them singing Yismechu b'Malachu Secha Shom Reishabas the Korei on the Yudavli Musaf because it's Shabbos. It's an amazing scene. Before they they're getting on the plane, this is tense times. They have they have to you know a hundred and what was hundred and three hundred and four lives. Uh, we're, we're at risk here. Plus that plus their own. The dot. That's what the that's what they're doubting on the side, and and you know, and then of, and then of course the speech where he says that you know we are the Jew, you know we have to save our people, but I'm just saying it, it's such a you know, but it has to permeate. The Shulchan Aruch says the first Ramah that the image of God has to be in front of us at all times. That means everything we do has to be within that uh, framework. You know, we have to ask ourselves the question, is the Rabboni Shalom proud of what I'm about to do? And if the answer is no, well, we need to think about it. <laughs> Guess what? Don't do it. <laughs> but I, anyway, I, 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 it's, it, this, this puzzle just kind of set me off. Anyway. My gosh, Yoav. So Yoav... Uh, it says, and Yoav uh, came close, meaning he went out to the war. The Arma Sherimo, La Milchama Baram, Vayanusu, Mipana. And they fled. They they were not interested in um, engaging in war with Yoav. Uh, he sent out a fierce um, attack, and they. They, they were not interested in finding him. Okay. So, you know, in, in 1967, when the, when the Israeli army entered the old city, so pretty much the Jordanian army fled. You know, there, there was no Stalingrad. The, the, this, you know, could, it could have been a lot bloodier to, to take Yerushalayim. But the, most of the Jordanian army fled and were ordered out, and and they went because they saw this is this is not going well. So it says that so so it says Aram was not interested in engaging with Yoav. <laughs> so has a two pronged effect. He says so they they fled. So now the other army who who Avishai was in charge of. Uh, was coming to attack Amo, um, and they said, "Wait a second, those guys ran away. What, what are we in for?" And so they ran away. Vayavoha here, and 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 they came to the city and, and, and entered the city. So it says, "Vayashav Yoav the Albane Amon Vayavoyushalay," and it says that. Yoav then turned back from the children of Amnon, uh, uh, Amnon and came to Yerushalayim. Essentially, there was no war. 
because they, they they all they, they all got scared. They they were they were afraid that you know what what was going to happen. The Ammonites never had much confidence in their ability to fight the Israelites, which is why they hired mercenaries. Once they retreated uh, um, ignominiously to the safety of their city, Yoav felt that they were not a threat and did not bother to lay siege on their fortress. So, so that's what happened. Aram, so Aram saw he nigaf Israel that they were defeated in front of the Jewish people. So, so, so what happened was Aram saw that they were beaten by Israel and they banded together. Okay, so let's see what let's let, let, let's see what happens. Here. It says the David says they, they thought that if they join together and form a bigger army that they'll be able to defeat the Jewish people. So it says that Hadar Ezra sent and brought over Aram from the other side of the Euphrates River. Um and and they came with their armies and Shovach, the commander um, of Hadrael's army, lead, leading them. David. So that now, so now this is the this is the Egyptians uh, having military exercises in the Sinai. So now, so now these armies gather together. So this, uh, so uh, the uh, you know the military intelligence was were, were reporting to David what was going on. And 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 whoa! Now, so so in other words, the, in other the initial battle was successful. Where, where it was much of a battle was successful, but now, but now, but now they're coming to to a, to attack. They 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 they're forming a massive army, and so David takes notice of this, and he says, "Wait a second, Yisrael, and David actually crossed over uh, 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 over the Nile." Um, and he crossed and um Vayavo Khelam, the Shovak Saras sorry, crossed So now so now now they had a battle. And and Aram deployed against David and he fought. Vayanas Aram Ne Israel, um Vayarog David Mearam Shavameos Rechev, Babael Parashim. But unfortunately for them. Uh, this was a unsuccessful attempt. And Aram became afraid to save the children of Ammon any longer. So in other words, they thought that, that, that if they get their, their act together, that, that, that somehow uh, they, they would be able to defeat David. David took notice of this, and as David always did, um, he he reacted, and and it says that they, um, and it just didn't just didn't go well for for them, and David was able to create um, the uh, protection of the Jew of the Jewish people. So so basically, and then everybody gave up their war. They made peace. Uh, they were subservient to them. Right, so so there was a lot of, uh, again, um, I, I pointed this out on several occasions. This was part of the process 
of of securing the land. Like all, all these all, all these military attacks and all these military defeats and all these um, expanding of the borders was to was was to was to settle the land and make peace in the land so that Shlomo will be able to build the base on Megdash. That's what this is all about. And, and the Navi continues to tell that story about the, the great contribution that David made to that process. Um, and and these people who tried to defeat David, uh, they, they were not successful. It, it just didn't happen the way they wanted it. And eventually they had to give up and make peace and and, and and you know, and that basically is the end of the story. Now, so really, what we're left is is secure borders, something that every country um, greatly wants, right? Secure borders, right? That's a, that's that's not a topic in politics today, right? Um, but David wanted to make sure that there were secure borders. He wanted to make sure that that the base of Migdash will be able to be built properly. That there will be no one left. That that they want, you know, the second base of Migdash, the famous image where the where the Shomronim and all the people around tried to stop them from building the second base of Migdash. So the famous image of Nehemia, where where he had it says the chisel in one hand and the sword in the other hand. David did not want that to happen. David wanted that there should be peace. That that a David wanted that there should be peace in the land and peace on the people, and the people should be able to grow as Ode Hashem spiritually, physically, spiritually, and 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 live in the land of Eretz Yisrael with all its potential. And that's what all these stories are really here to tell us, and, and the lessons that these stories are here to teach us. Okay, next next week, oh boy, we're going to turn to controversy, okay, scandal. We we all like political scandal, right? We're going to start talking about David Bashava. It is, I'm not going to lie to you, a very difficult story to understand. It's a very difficult to put in proper perspective. Um, the best I could promise you is I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to figure out the story, see what really happened. Um, I, I, I'm not really going to sugarcoat this, except for one thing that, that the Gemara says, that we're not allowed to say David is a sinner. So, so we have to deal with that also. So, but, but, uh, but we're gonna get, we're gonna start getting to some controversy, some problems in the house of David uh, over the next uh, few parakim. So, uh, Mr. Shem, we're gonna start that story next week. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't remember how far it goes. I think it goes a, a couple of parakim. So we'll, we'll, we'll deal, we'll deal with it. We'll try to analyze it from all angles and and try to come to some conclusion. The conclusion we make just come was that David blew it and he understood that he blew it, accepted it, and we have to just move on in life. Okay, we'll stop here for tonight. Um, thank you again all for coming. And Mr. Sham, we will continue. I, I, I do believe that we should be on a steady schedule um, going forward. I don't really know anything that's coming up. So if, if that changes, obviously I'll let you know. But right now we, we should be on, no problem. Next Sunday night, 9 o'clock right here on your... Uh, on, on this station. Thank you.